Brisbane Wakes Up with Steph, Abby and Matt on B105. Hey, welcome to the podcast. What was your favourite bit today, Abs? Um, I really liked the oh, that soldier. Quick. That was mm-hmm. impressive. I can swallow quickly, Matt. You can. Yeah, I think I think he was amazing how open and honest he was and to serve in Afghanistan and, and see what you went through and come away and know that you did a great job to help the community and your purpose and then to see what's happening in the news, I think it would be absolutely devastating. Mm-hmm. Question about you about that. When you're in the army, you get, uh, what is it, posted to yeah. places? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. There is no way that you can no. refuse. That's you get told where to go. When you, you sign go. up, that you're signing up, that yeah. you will follow yeah. all orders. I, I believe if they gave you that option and they said, hey, can you go to this war torn place? Know, a lot just... of guys, you know what? I'll sit this one out. Uh, but no, you have yeah. To go I knew you go. there was considerations. My my cousin did get considerations mm-hmm. um, because her and her partner were both in the army mm. and they had two small kids. Mm-hmm. So she was a cook over in Afghanistan and they would do their best to post them at different times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a special person to become a soldier anyway. Yeah. Most of them, for them, it's not about going to the place that suits them. They want to actually be there and they want yeah. to go and do the right. And, but I well, think you could, and you be could part run of the help. So I, yeah. I think you would find most people would be. But that's, but that's having faith, isn't it? You're yeah. going over having faith that what you're doing is for the better good. The bit obviously could also be true, though, I think, and it would happen with soldiers where you don't agree with the reason why you're going in and then you would just have to leave the but army. But then would you, yeah, but that's why I don't think you sign up for the army if that's the case. No. So I, like I'm saying, I well, think, you don't I know. Think, no, but I think a lot of soldiers will have that belief mm. that they are fighting for their country. Mm-hmm. And then to know that you're fighting for another country on behalf of your country. Mm. you would go, but that's okay because I'm doing it for the women and children who have been suppressed in that country. Mm-hmm. To find out that you haven't done that, I think there'll be so many soldiers that feel like they've wasted their time but also their purpose has been incorrect. Mm-hmm. And once you've lost that faith, I think mm. it would be very hard with what they're dealing with now. Definitely. Well, a lot of that gets answered when we uh, speak to our soldier today. Um uh, Peter Bruce is his name. Mm-hmm. Really nice guy. Gives us a really interesting insight into what it was like to be on the ground in Afghanistan. Uh, let's get into it. Here we go. It's the podcast. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. A date is a trailer for the movie that is you. Mm, I get a lot of uh, DMs and a lot of dear Abby saying, hey, I'm single. How do I meet someone? And mm. I thought, well, you know what? I had this idea and I wrote back to one of them that we should have like a QR dating so that everyone has their QR scan and you just hold it up and then you can get all their details about them and go, oh, no, not interested and walk <laughs> off. Oh, not like as in a, hey, I've checked into Mary or I've no. checked into uh, Sam. Well, you could, but you know how sometimes they can come up with all the details yeah. and you already learn about them and then you go, okay, I'm not interested. Yeah. So that way you don't your, have to talk. Is that your Tinder profile? I guess, but people can lie on but it I a little bit more. We've just got like the facts. Right, yeah. The facts. Stats, and because it's run by the government, you can't lie. <laughs> and you can call the contact tracer and say... How many have been here before yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. But there is a expert. She's a dating expert, and she goes through her list of success. Um, she's over in Perth, and she was saying um, some advice on what you need to do in the dating world and how people are getting it wrong. And there's some interesting, interesting ones that I was like, hmm, okay. I think a lot of people would do that. That she said, like, you know, dating apps are great, and she's going to get to that. But she's saying you need to flex your social confidence muscle. Mm. That is number one. She said people don't go up to someone else in a public arena now. And she goes, don't ever leave and go, I wonder if they were single. So they're saying that you just need to flex it. Like, Shoot your shot. Yeah, and talk to strangers, not even that you're trying to, to pick up, but mm. get used to it because we don't have that ability anymore. Mm. Well, that used to be all you had. Yes, and about that, she said, learn to deal with rejection. 
So if you're going to be shut down, you need to learn how to deal with it. Well, it's a numbers game, isn't it? Yeah, but then I'm getting so many of my friends will screen top, uh, like screenshot screenshot abuse from guys. They're like right into it and they say, sorry, I'm really not interested. And then it's just blah, 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 beep, 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 beep. I didn't say, do you want to dance? I said, you look fat Fat in those those pants. pants. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She has gone on, and this is an interesting one. And she said, most importantly, do not use more than one site or dating app at a time. And I I was like, really? I thought if you were on as many as possible, you've increased your chances, right? Hmm. Well, cast the net wide. Don't just drop one line in. She said, you're living in Australia and you're dating someone in your area. If you're on more than once, they're on more than once and they can see you. She said, psychologically, girls cannot handle if they've seen you on more than one dating site. Even if they're they're on on more than one dating site. Hypocritical because guys don't care. But they're saying that girls will go, oh, my God, they're desperate. Oh, Uh my God, they're actually just after one thing, so they're spreading the net wide. Mm. Whereas I'm on it for a husband. No, I know, but if a guy sees it, they go, oh, yeah, she's keen. Yeah, yeah, thirsty. (laughs) Look at her. It's that different thing. So they're saying if you want to, if you want to be successful about but it, maybe just fair. focus on it. All, that's, all that is saying is, is that girls are allowed to have like heaps of options, and guys just need to swim in the one pond the whole no, time. No, they're saying, would you care if you saw a guy, a girl on heaps of dating websites? No. Would you? No, that's no, what no. she's saying. Guys wouldn't. But no. for another point of view, if girls do, they go, oh my god, he's mm. he's so needy. Maybe he's not right. Yeah, so they're saying for guys, just be on one dating site mm. and focus in on that no, one. No, I get it, but that's also the same as she's getting the supersized Diet Coke and the guy's just getting the small one. It's you like, know, like uh, there's I've heaps got a large fries and she's eating some of them. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, you can go on as many as you want. She's Please. just saying Please. for success. Sorry, I'll write back to her. You sexist. Uh, (laughs) We don't have to agree with all of it. Um, She's saying that now, especially in lockdowns, Go for it. Do a virtual first date. Oh, yes. Because she would always go, first dates are important. Uh, don't do the coffee or the drink. She's like, it's good to go for a walk or hiking or okay. a picnic or get out of your comfort zone and do it. She said, but because of uh, what we're going through, don't wait. Like, when I get in lockdown, I'm going to take you for a drink. Mm. Go, no, hey, what are you doing? Let's go on a virtual date now. Don't know about hiking for a first date. You don't like the hiking? Hey, you want to come in a rural remote area with me where no one knows? Mm. <laughs> I had a guy once ask me to go camping. First date? Yeah, Ooh. and I said no, yeah. and then he hung up, mm-hmm. and he called me back and abused me like you wouldn't believe, and then hung up, mm-hmm. and then gave a call back and was like, that was really weird, hey, maybe we should just go, like, just on a bushwalk, and I was like, ah. <laughs> Don't mind a shovel or bag of lime, that's, that's just, that's always in there, you never know. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Silver Foxes. Some things just get better with age. What does the fox say? Now, I've been getting something a bit lately, and I'm going to put it out there and say at the start of this, I don't mind the fact that I'm grey, but I am grey. I'm greying, right? But over the last two or three weeks, just people have just been dropping this, and I think they think it's a compliment but I don't think it is. It's a backhanded compliment. And 131060, if you get any backhanded compliments, someone says something to you, starts off nice, you go, ah, and then at the end it's like, oh, hang on, that's not right. Because I was over at my mum's house picking up Rory, and I was just sitting there having a chat, and she went, oh, look at you, you're getting greyer, aren't you, you silver fox? And I'm like, mm. no, that's not. Better than your old bastard. <laughs> but it's, I know, that's what it's saying, saying, though. Yeah, they that's are not, saying that's what that. they're saying. I sent a... a it's kind of like, you really pull off ageing. You know, <laughs> yeah. I sent a video to a, a mate of mine, uh, and admittedly I hadn't seen him for a while, and he goes, thanks for that, buddy, uh, you old silver fox. And I'm like, 
No. Well, silver fox is a good thing, but it is pointing out that you're going grey. Yes. Yeah. It's like I like. Remember, I went to that function and the guy couldn't stop saying you you're hot for a mum. Mm. And I was like, that's not. Just don't say just for a mum. For a mum. Like that's not a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kat got that on. She was on a cruise ship. She uses this in a in a, a set, and a um, young bloke came up to her and was kind of like flirting with her. And he went, "You're really hot for someone my mum's age." <laughs> <laughs> People she goes, don't. Well, I'll just go back to my silver fox then. People I, don't mean to be offensive, though. I think they genuinely think mm. that it is a compliment because mm. I think people are probably saying it's their it's a way of saying that. You, you're looking good, mm, but, but you're noticing, also graying. You're noticing your grey hair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I really like that uh, you're a bogan because a lot of classy girls are hard to talk to, <laughs> is what I've got told. And I was like, You actually got told yeah, that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that you're a bogan because a lot of classy girls are totally hard to talk to. Is this, she's, um, get, she's getting it at the moment because she's pregnant. Um, um, with uh, the backhanded comments are like, Oh, you're so large, you look like you're ready to pop and things like yeah, that. Ready you know? to pop. And you're like, yeah. actually, that's oh, not... Any day now? No, not really. That's <laughs> actually not a compliment on any level. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, is this a compliment if a guy says to you, Oh, you're just one of the lads. You're like one of the boys. Yeah, you say that to me all the time. Is it? Is that though? No, because I'm not. But did, did you find that in the yeah. same vein as the? It'd be the opposite. The of yeah, 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 I don't like it. Yeah. You told me last time when someone was like, "Oh, this is boy talk," and you, you said, "No, Abby can stay. She's one of the lads." Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Well, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, see, no, no, no. Don't I was it. saying Ooh. it as a like I wanted you to feel comfortable around us. I didn't want but to I be like. But I do feel comfortable about men, but I'm still proud to be a woman. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm, I'm just telling you asked. No, I know, and I I'm just I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you that I'm sorry. Mm. That's all. It's this sort of attitude that means she's not one of the boys, to be honest. Yeah. Wait, we're having a moment. Oh. Yeah, like I, I never I never say it to be offensive to you. I say it because I want you to feel like you know. Go back to the sorry bit. Yeah, and I'm sorry if it offended you. Oh, I wasn't that offended, but I really like that story. Yeah, and that's Thank why you're one of the boys, because <laughs> boys don't get offended. <laughs> just worked out why I'm going no, grey. Hold it in, no, I just hold it back to someone. <laughs> I don't reckon you should be offended by it, man. Yeah. No. No, and I because and you're gonna hate this. Grey looks good on you. <laughs> that you, what you did there was just call me a silver fox. Yeah, but you're gonna age anyway. Yeah. And what they're saying is you look better as your age. Before you're a little bit. Ooh. See again, there's an inclination there. What do you want us to say to you? Looking good, Stab. Okay. You <laughs> hang on. You liked it when my wife said mm. Stab looks better in real life than on the billboards. Yeah, that's that's just a full-on compliment. So you want a full-on compliment? But that was not. Good. She's saying you look like. On the billboards, but you look great face to face. It's the same thing. I hadn't thought of it like that. And now I'm mad at Esther too. I think you look better with longer hair. Like longer than it is now. Yeah, like it is now. Oh. Like you look on the billboard and yeah, I think it looks better longer. Mm. But the billboards. Well, you, do you know oh. what the problem is well, with Steph? I shaved that with if for we, you. If we give you a compliment, mm. you look into it and mm. you take it apart and you try to unexplain it. Oh, like and you, you, you take compliments so well, don't I you? I didn't ask to give them, but you like them. It's so weird. It's like you want to compliment, and then you want us to keep explaining. Going greyer! 131060, I want to hear your backhanded compliments that you've received. Yeah, come on, put them out there. We won't judge you, though. We're not going to break yours down. You're just going to tell us what they are, what backhanded compliments don't you like, and then we'll just leave it at that. This is about informing. Yeah, mm. talk to me. I'm a bogan. I'm easy to talk to. Yeah, one of the not boys. not like the classy girls. She's just one of the boys. One of the boys. Stabs one of the granddads. It's just, it's great. Silver boxes. Some things just get better with age. What does the fox say? All righty. Yes, I'm being called a silver fox. I consider it a backhanded compliment. would like to hear yours on 131060, Nicole from Thornside. Good morning. How are you? Good. What do you get? I get, well, I actually got the other day, gee, you're looking healthy. How long have you got to go? 
Mm. See, I even just think looking health, healthy is kind of like you've been eating well. That's what I always think. <laughs> oh, I've been I've been told that I should go along with it and ask them, then you know, like say that I'm ready to pop, and you know, can you deliver a baby? So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you could go that way. Yeah. Well, I got both the girls here. I think everyone to kind of freak out. Yeah. Can a man say to a girl, "You look, you've lost weight." It's up to individual, uh, but I'm different because I come from eating disorder, like, yeah, so many issues. I don't like people commenting on weight, whether you've lost it or put it on. That's me personally. Everyone's different. What about you, Nicole? If a guy was to say, hey, you look like you've been, been hitting the gym, you look great. Um, oh, it depends. Depends on who it was. Yeah. And are you saying that you didn't look good before then? That's what I would yeah, interpret. Exactly. You're saying, yeah, oh, God, yeah. you, pff, look at you. You actually need yeah. to lose weight, and now you've done it. It's so good for you. No, I, I was just saying it because I wanted to encourage you because you look happy and healthy. And I didn't before. <laughs> wow. I'm going to go hang out with my silver fox. <laughs> go get Laura out of here. <laughs> and Clontarf, what's a backhanded compliment you don't, you don't like? Um, morning. I constantly get told that I don't look old enough to have kids. Usually when I only have my little two kids, who are five and seven, mm. And so I go, oh, well, like, hang on, I have a 13-year-old and a 12-year-old as well. Right. And we sort of reached a point um, at my kids' school um, where my previous, my oldest who previously attended, the crossing lady who's been there for three years, had just assumed that I was um, the oldest sibling of my 12-year-old daughter. Wow. Oh, you must get the similar thing with um, Ethan, right? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, I get that too. Do you hate it? Uh, or you like it? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel bad, Laura, because I think I've said that to someone because they had a grandchild. And I was like, oh, my God, you don't look old enough to have a grandchild. And I thought that was a nice thing, but obviously not. I don't mind. I never used to mind, and now I'm I'm 30, and mm. people are like, oh, but you only look like you're 25. There's no way you're old enough to have any kids. Like, yeah. yeah. And also yeah. then, Laura, what were you thinking about me before you found out my age? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. She must have had him when she was 30. Let's go to Joe. Hi, Joe. Backhanded compliment. Good morning. I have been waiting my whole life for this. Okay. Laura once said to me, it doesn't matter that the house is so messy because you take such great care of the children. Oh, that's, that's deliberate, Joe. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's psychological warfare. That's terrible. <laughs> Especially when you didn't think it was messy. You know when it's like your yeah, standard? I, they, yeah, I just thought there was kids' toys everywhere and that was about it. Mm. What was your comeback? I didn't have one. My husband grabbed my hand and said, just take the good, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Afghans are facing a new reality with their country back under Taliban control after 20 years of war. Armed militants took the capital, Kabul, completing their swift advance across the nation. People have been killed in the chaos at Kabul's international airport as desperate people tried to force their way on the planes leaving the capital. So many headlines and devastation coming out of Afghanistan as the Taliban have taken control again. It's been over 20 years since they did previously, and no one really knows what it's going to be like um, under their control, but there's all reports of terrible killings already. And you think about how many people were involved with trying to secure the future of Afghanistan people, and especially the women as well, mm -hmm. who don't have as many rights under the regime of the Taliban. And we're thinking about the soldiers um, all over the world that have gone over to try and help them and the Australians as well. Peter Bruce, who was over in Afghanistan for two years fighting for their freedom, 
How are you feeling, Peter, about what's gone on? Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's been a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us. Now, we spent 20 years fighting over there. We gave everything we had to give the country a chance. Um, and in the matter of a week, the Afghan army decided that their own country wasn't worth fighting for and just gave up. That, that's been a lot of um, sentiment from people all over the world. And I guess your mission was to go in and stop the Taliban, but you're saying that it was also to give Afghanistan the, the tools and their own will to, to fight the Taliban? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think initially our, our mission started off you know, to destabilise the Taliban and from there build up the Afghan army and, and, and a country that was able to stand on its own two feet. There was so much work done building schools, uh, giving women and children a, a future, and all of, that, all of that's gone now. Um, I, don't, I, I was speaking to a lot of the boys. I don't think there's any feeling of sadness for the, the Afghan army or anything. We're all, we don't care about them. If they don't want to fight for their own country, that's their their business, but the women and children is who everyone's um, pretty shameful because we all know what's coming for them now. Yeah. An- another another group of people who um, I know a lot of you boys are feeling um, sorry for, two of the people that chose to help um, the Australian uh, Army who have now just been left behind um, in all this and they're going to be targeted um, by the Taliban. I'm talking about contractors and um, uh, translators who are fundamental in helping and without those guys you wouldn't have been able to do anything, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's no secret that most Australian soldiers don't speak um, Dari or Pashtun so we had to have interpreters. We've had eight years over there of non-combat missions. Mm. We've had eight years to get these people out and at the end of the day if the Taliban didn't take over now, we wouldn't have got them out at all. We're only doing it now because it's on the me- um, being shown in the media. So we've failed them. These people should have been here eight years ago. Yeah. You're talking about the, the mission now to, to get them out and them sending... Um, yeah, yeah. Answer. I spoke to my interpreter um, just yesterday because he couldn't get a hold of his family. His family's in Kabul. He said, I still can't get a hold of them and I'm really worried about them. You mentioned the Afghan army. It's up to them if they don't want to fight. They've, they've all sort of retreated. When you guys were training the army soldiers, did you know then in your heart, did you go... When once we leave, these guys aren't aren't going to be able to handle it themselves. Yeah, I think every soldier over there that had anything to do with the ANA knew that probably deep down they didn't have the fight in them. They weren't motivated. Um, it's it's like you, you can give a kid everything that they want and you can try and force them into something, but if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Sadly, most of them joined the army for one reason, and that was to get paid because they wanted money. So. They have to have the desire in their heart to actually want to fight for their country, and and clearly they don't. And do you reckon that that might be the reason why, you know, the US and Australia have decided to to give up? Well, I think we always had to leave at some stage. We can't be there forever. Mm. But I think it's I think it's a reason why why the US and Australia aren't willing to to do more. Mm. Um, no, I don't, I don't agree with much of what Joe Biden says, but I do agree with the fact that he, when he said um, we shouldn't be fighting a war that the Afghans aren't even willing to fight for themselves. I don't think that's pretty. that was pretty, um, pretty accurate. Peter, I heard uh, another Australian soldier say that it does feel like all the good they did over there was t- for waste, and I always say that there's so many, I guess, women and children that have had 
you know, 20 years of um, of a change and hope that they have that, that will to sort of find that there's going to be something different. Is it hard, though, knowing that there's uh, 41 Australian soldiers that have lost their life fighting for that and now it has returned to what it was? Yeah, it's gut-wrenching. Um, I lost I lost a really good mate over there and you can justify it for 10 years and say that, you know, he died fighting for a cause and and now to see everything that we did and that cause that we were fighting for just go up in smoke in a week, you start to question it. You go, well, I can't justify it anymore. You know, when you hear his when you hear his mum and dad talk about, you know, he died trying to, you know, build a future and that future's gone, you think, well, what was the point? You know, there's a mum and dad who can't hold their son anymore. Mm. What was it really? Yeah, it wasn't worth it. If you don't mind me asking what your mate's name was? Rowan Robinson. Rowan Robinson. I think that's a really important thing, especially for soldiers who lose their life fighting for people, is to, to say their name. When he perished over there in, in battle, he was your, he's your best mate, uh, always will be. How is that as a soldier to continue on yourself? I imagine it's hard to get up and continue to fight. Yeah, almost, almost motivating. Um, you, you want it not to be for nothing. Mm. Um, he died uh, 6th of June 2011 and I deployed in November 2012. So it was, it was weird in a way because it was weird to go to the country where he, where he died. And I actually met, uh, when I was in TK, I actually met one of the, the commandos that was there with him when he died and we had a good chat. It's heartbreaking. I, I guess in a way you deal with it differently as a soldier you know it's a possibility and you know that it happens mm. some of the boys when I was over there some of the boys in my platoon had kids while I was over there they didn't see their kids um, you know they missed their kids birth yeah people have family members parents um, grandmas uncles that die while you're over there so but it's, I guess it's all part of the sacrifice that you're willing to make because you think the cause is worth fighting for well, it, it is early days, and um, the Taliban did hold a press conference and say that they were going to be different this time, and um, the British who are extracting some people over there have said that the Taliban are actually complying with them, and there is a bit of a relationship working together with them at this stage. Do you believe them when they say that they've changed? Not for a second. Yeah. No, see, I don't think that they want... They don't want combat at the moment, and they don't want it because they can't win it. Um, so they'll just sit sit to the side, let us all leave, and then when we leave, they'll go back to what they're doing. They don't wake up on the right side of the bed after 20 years and go, oh, we actually respect women and children mm. um, now. You know, this is it's such an ancient and extreme view of Islam that they follow. You don't take over a country with all their beliefs if you've changed your beliefs. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe them for a second. I think they're saying what they want the world to hear. And when we leave, they'll shut the cameras off and they'll go back to doing what they've always done. Talking about under the regime, you would have, um, I guess, heard stories firsthand from a lot of the women and children of what it would be like. To think now that there is kids, I guess, that grew up never having to wear burqas and now mm. that is their way of life, you see a lot of the, the paintings of advertising and it's got women in you know, shop windows being painted over because they can't have it. What sort of life would it be for the women and children over there that you mentioned? So when I was there, we were in a Ruskan province, which is a very backwards, very outback 
province compared to Kabul or Kandahar. So I think in Kabul and Kandahar, there were, you know, a lot of women that would wear maybe business attire and that might be a skirt down to the knees. But where I was, even the TVs, if it showed a woman's arm, that was blurred out so you couldn't see it. So when we were on patrol, the women and children didn't come outside, you know, all the women over about the age of 10 or so wouldn't come outside because they weren't allowed to be seen with anywhere near us or looking at us or talking to us. They just stay inside. That's their life. They stay inside. They're a sex slave and they're there to reproduce and cook. That is that is their life. They have no other role in society other than that. Um, and when the Taliban says they're going to allow them to go to school, I don't believe that for a second. The Afghanis as people, like, um, you know, they... I'm assuming that they were lovely people to deal with. Yeah, well, like I said, we, we only really dealt with um, the men. Like, So when you would go on patrol, um, you would speak to the, the village elder. So he would come out and they would. They would come out and they'd give you, you know, put a massive blanket on the ground, bring out all this food. There'd be nuts and fruit. Um, and you felt bad because you had to eat it, otherwise the elder would lose face mm-hmm. in his community. But you didn't want to eat, eat it at the same time because you thought in 10 minutes we'd probably just eat a month a month of these people's food. Mm. But It was like a respect Afghan... thing, though. If you, you To eat with them, it's showing respect, is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's Pashtun law states that once you're in their country or once you come into their town or their home, they have an obligation through their religion to look after you and protect you. So, yeah. They were friendly to us, but, I mean, throughout the years, they were friendly to most Australian soldiers. Yeah, unless the Taliban came down and told them to shoot at us. Mm. Um, I mean, all the interpreters that I met were were really friendly. Most of the people who were fighting over there were fighting us because they were threatened by the Taliban. They weren't fighting us because they they hated us. They had no choice. So we had compassion for them. You know, we knew that the locals didn't really want to fight us. Um, they didn't want to plant IEDs and roadside bombs, but they were threatened into it. Mm. Which I guess so makes it all the more heartbreaking that we've left them yeah. left them there. It's a, heart, it's a heartbreaking situation, but I mean, I don't know how this was... Like a mate of mine said to me the other day, he said, I don't know how this was supposed to end, mm. but it definitely wasn't supposed to end this way. Mm. Well, mate, we really appreciate your time this morning um, coming on and speaking with us. Um, we know it'd be hard to bring all these stories up once again, but we really appreciate you um, coming on and, and sharing your story with everyone. No, that's right. Thanks for um, listening. And there's, um, yeah, there's a lot of vets out there that are doing it pretty hard, I think. Thank you, Peter. Good on you. Um, if anyone does need support after listening to this, Lifeline's always available, 13 11 14. That's Peter Bruce. He served um, over in Afghanistan from 2012 uh, and 2013. It's Stav, Abby and Matt here at B105. Stav, Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. We made it one more I don't know the answer, but it's one of it's a very simple question at which I want to ask people this morning. Mm. Thirteen ten sixty. How many baby showers are you meant to have? Like, do you just have one for the first kid? Maybe, maybe two. But do you have a fourth baby shower? I, I just, I just want to know because Esther's off to a baby shower for someone's fourth kid soon, mm-hmm. and I was like, really? Do you do it for the fourth? Haven't you got everything? Well, yeah, I don't know. What like are there, is there a rule with a baby shower? 
I'm anti baby showers. I know that's maybe giving up my my um, girlliness. I don't know. I've never been into <laughs> and your licensing. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? And I'm into hands. I'm into hands. Hands are fun. No, I just don't. I personally don't like baby showers. It's just I got invited to one when I was quite young. I just turned 18, mm. and a, a friend who was a little bit older was having her child, and it was a huge thing for me to be able to go there. I didn't know her as well as everyone else. I gave a small gift. I didn't realise you open gifts in front of everyone, and mm. everyone looks like, you, what? Mm-hmm. And they write down the gifts. I had to smell chocolate in a nappy and then lick it mm-hmm. as the poo taste, mm. and I was like, this is not for me. Hang on, hang on. They made the chocolate taste like poo? No, no, you put it in a nappy and you've got it and it all looks like poo. It's melted guess- down chocolate and you licked it and you got to guess what chocolate it was. Oh, okay. You never it's- played that game? No, no, no. I knew that, but the, the way you said it then it was like <laughs> you could oh, guess the poo taste. So, so you're, you're is- triggered by them? No, I personally don't like it because I get embarrassed getting gifts. Mm. I find it quite embarrassing mm-hmm. um, to get it, but this is purely for gifts. And people might say, it's a celebration of the baby. Mm. That's fine. Then why are they getting gifts? So, well, so, I think so, the whole point is that when, when it's your first baby, especially, yeah. you don't have and all the accoutrements. And that's fine. They can do it. But now everyone's having it for their second, third, mm. and fourth. And I, my friend said that you maybe can have it if you're having a different gender mm. or it's been five years since you had the last one right. and it's a bit of a surprise. And then they're called sprinkles. Oh. So the etiquette is that someone who's not a family member needs to put it on. Mm. And if it is a child and you have everything then you need to not have a register. And it's just... It's, I mean, your wife had one for a third baby. Yeah, we, I'm pretty sure we had them for all three. She yeah. had one for Xander. We had a big gap between um, See, I've Xander had, and that. I've never had one. We mm. had one for Eden again. But they're quite often as well, I have thought, for the other people involved. So the family members mm. and friends and stuff of um, mum-to-be. I guess um, by that definition and logic, you probably wouldn't have had a bridal registry. Or did you do a wishing well? No, I didn't do a bridal registry. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Because it's the same thing. It's like you're moving in together. You don't have all that stuff. Here's all the stuff that you'll need. So I just get embarrassed by asking for gifts. Mm. I think that's something if people want to do it, then they can. But this is purely you don't rock up to a baby shower without one. So shower, sprinkle. If it's twins, what's it, a tropical storm? I don't know. See, this is the rules. Maybe you, if you're like, no, there's no way you can have a baby shower. It's only for the first one. Yeah. It's a cyclone. Let us know. 13, 10, 60. Or Send maybe in a clean-up crew. There is a rule. So you were okay with third, but you didn't like the fourth one? No, I, well, I don't know what the rule is. Mm. That's what I'm asking. Well, if like, that, by that rule, you can have a baby it, shower every time you have a kid. Like, Imagine if you have eight. Well, that's fine. Remember that <laughs> bird we spoke to from Toowoomba who 16. had 16? Yeah. And you think about it, you go, well, you don't have to have that many. But at that point... She probably needs a day where she can just sit yeah. down and people can pamper her. Yeah. If she's got 16 See, I'm, I'm into kids. one. I think one is nice. Well, then, have, and it, you, if you're into baby showers, have one big one. What about throw this one at you? Yeah. That might explain your third. Different genders require different things. Well, that's things. what my friend said. If it's different gender mm. or it's been five years, and she said especially if it's a surprise. Mm. So if you've given away all your stuff, then all the people that have got your secondhand ones need to give some back. back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Casey. You're on the air with us. What do you reckon? Hey, um, I really think three. Three? Three. Yeah. What's the logic? So a baby shower, mm-hmm. a baby sprinkle, mm-hmm. and then you could have a dribble after. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like it. I get invited to a baby. Yeah, if you've got the cool names, I'm down for it then. And you just you get less gifts as it goes on? Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. How many have you had before? I've only had two, so but I didn't get to have... 
a sprinkle. I only like heard about it after. I've been to a sprinkle, but I haven't had one. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so shower, dribble. Uh, no, shower, shower, sprinkle, sprinkle and then dribble. a dribble. And, a yeah. dribble. and then a chance of rain. All right. <laughs> uh, Emma, hi. What do you reckon with baby showers? None. None. You're with Abby. No, None. <laughs> None. I think it's rude, to be honest. You're asking for gifts at a baby shower, mm. and then when the baby comes, you're expecting another gift. So, mm. yeah, I think it's quite rude. I've got eight children, mm. and um, I had a baby shower thrown for me on my last, which was twins. And, yeah, they just don't tickle my fancy at all. Are you like me where you just feel uncomfortable that you are blatantly asking for it and then you have to sit there and receive them? Yeah, exactly. And then they sit there and open the presents in front of everybody. It's like, oh, my God, did they really buy that? (laughs) That's a problem where they go through how much money people have spent. Like, Mm. That's what it looks like. Mm. When I got, like, just some baby wraps from Kmart (laughs) and then (laughs) Southers got the whole, like, bugaboo pram. Oh, yeah, you feel like a real pervert. Yeah, you're like, I'll go to the punch. Oh, there's no, yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I just think it's rude. Like, oh. you know, how much does one person have to spend when they're just a friend? Mm. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, Caitlin, hi. What do you reckon about this? How many baby showers? Um, generally, I'd say one, but I have am pregnant again now after 11 years with a new partner. So starting again. And I have, mm. so the, the baby, but it's not actually my idea. I was happy not to have anything, but my 16-year-old and 14-year-old were adamant that we were to have something, so they're actually putting it on for me. Okay. So That's they cute. organized it and they've done the invites and everything like that and they've put it on and they're organizing it. So that's in a couple of weeks' time. So mm. I would generally say one, but... With the big age gap, it's nice to be doing it all again because they're getting involved. So. I think it's nice that your daughters are throwing it. Yeah, for that's you. lovely. Yeah, yeah. So I think if you think this way too, though, like if you go to someone's wedding and they get divorced and they get married again <laughs> because you gave money in the wishing well for their first marriage, <laughs> does that mean you don't for their second if, marriage? Yes, I don't. If it was a register. So have you ever been to a wedding where it's a register yeah, and it's a set it's... price for a gift, so mm. you have to buy something that's 500 If they did the register again mm. and the same toasters are on there, I'll go, nah, mate. Mm. Because it'll all be cash. <laughs> what if it's cash? You go for free the second time? Or half. Oh, yeah, you halve it. Yeah. <laughs> and then if bad. they have a third, it's third. Third again? <laughs> yeah. Or is it half of the last half? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Nikki, what do you reckon? You've got four kids. How many baby showers is, is the acceptable number? One is pushing it for me. <laughs> uh, I had a, I had a baby shower with my first, and then all of my other kids—they're all a year apart, so obviously one after the other. Mm-hmm. I didn't want any. I didn't even want the first one. But nothing annoys me more than when people have the gender reveal and then a baby shower and want gifts for both of them. Nah. Yeah, the gender reveal presents weird. I and yeah the, yeah, and I went to one and they requested like a neutral because you obviously didn't know didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they want they want a present for both of them. They want a mutual gift for the gender reveal day, and then the actual baby shower. They want you know either a boy or a girl present, and I just I hate it. I hate it all. Right. So what we're going to do next is take calls on whether or not guys want to wet the baby's head every single time they have a kid. Sure, I wonder. It'll probably be just as uh, swung as this one. Yeah. I think, where do you know? reckon that'll like, sit, Nikki? Nah, yeah. What do you what do you what do you think? <laughs> Sorry, what's that? Would well, you reckon the guys will want to wet every single baby's head, or do you think they'll be fine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs>
Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. Horrific um, uh, break and enter at Tutai Kefu's house Ooh. and him and his family have come out and said thank you so much to everyone's support. Um, and he had to have surgery, yeah. I believe, as well, and also um, his family members. And horrific. And people have been talking about having police control, uh, police uh, patrols out there, but they've come out um, today and said, look, well, to be honest, there's been a, thir- a 23% increase in car thefts. Mm. Um, and they're saying that people were breaking into the house to get keys, like you were saying. Yeah, stuff. apparently the technology now, it's very hard to hotwire a car, so you need the keys, and that's caused an uptick in um, home invasions to get the keys. Don't know if you want to know this, though, mm. because the Curie Mail has released Queensland's crime hotspots, talking about the suburbs that have had the most break-ins mm. in the last six months and also car thefts in that area as well. Right. Uh, but it doesn't have It's only for the Brisbane, it looks like, Brisbane City Council. Right, so okay. I don't, I don't have all the other areas of uh, Redland. Was so. this a click through on another one of their 800 ones that said how much your house price has gone up in the last 12 months? <laughs> Gee, that's a good one, isn't it? <clears throat> or, oh. or I like the ones now where they have live auctions. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Every, it's like every second day there's someone walks in and goes, web stats are down. Oi, roll out a fresh version of the which suburbs making the most money out, oh. of, their, out of their houses. They're trying to keep afloat, you know, <laughs> times are changing. Yeah. Uh, but do you want to know what your suburbs are? I'll go through. Like, there's, there's a... Kangaroo Point's kind of high, so that's uh, 62 uh, breaking enters and 15 car thefts. In what time frame, sorry? It's the last six months. Okay. Why? Yeah. Would you, would you, have you done a few crimes? You want to know if it counts? No, if that's a month, that's insane. If it's oh, six months, it's it, not okay. too <laughs> <laughs> That could have been today. I don't know. <laughs> Stav hasn't put his he hasn't put his hours in yet, so yeah. he just wants to check yeah. if they've been included. Uh, all right, Barden's up there. Well, you've got 19 in Barden. Okay. So and I'm assuming you would think the, the ritzier the suburb the higher it would be because, mm. you know, you want to go and steal something nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, the Gabba um, and the Valley and Brisbane City are the highest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ascot's up there, 36 uh, break-ins and 18. I mean, it's no thing to be proud of, is it? Mm. Um, but, yeah, so Sunnybank Hills is huge, mm. 85 break-ins and 21 uh, car thefts. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? But it the police have come out with these stats and said, look, we're really sick of um, re-offenders. No. So we feel like a lot of the people that we have, uh, have, have charged mm. are back on the streets because they're youths and they haven't been able to. So they're saying that a lot of these are by uh, repeat offenders, which are driving them crazy, what as you can imagine. What magistrate, what bonehead magistrate would let these people back out on the streets? <laughs> it's quarter to nine. They, they have said if you... Uh, no one gets that joke. Stav and I sometimes <laughs> off the air, we impersonate Ray Hadley because he just goes nuts about people. you got to explain it. Otherwise, everyone just thinks Stav's, God, Stav's gotten serious, hasn't he? Is he the, always the guy that complains about everything? Yeah. Well, that, that doesn't oh. narrow it down in that field of radio, but yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, always, he's always angry about something. Is there well, any person that does talk back that's happy? No. Hey guys, just a little uh, good news. If you want to call up with your good news story, <laughs> wouldn't um, believe what's, what's... it. Look at all these breakings. <laughs> Numbers are skyrocketing. Something to fill the show today. No, look at all the feel good donations we've had today. Tell yeah, you what, the yeah. charities uh, that are getting the most from each suburb. Let's run through the list. Would you like to call up and suggest one? <laughs> and and how, they don't how, do that. How are your areas? You haven't done you, you two so uh, Oxley's uh, Oxley's pretty low, fourteen. Okay, yeah, uh, we're, we're good people out there, and uh, we, we're a good community. We look after each other. Uh-huh. We've got a community page that warns everyone about the break-ins, so they know uh, when it's on the rise. They have said that a lot of people are leaving their cars open thinking it's in their premises and not locking their cars overnight mm. and they have said if you have to leave it um, out, leave it in a well-lit area, mm-hmm. just reminding you to do that. Yeah, okay. <coughs> mm. uh. And what about Karina Heights? 
Are you going to get your car flogged anytime soon? Mine's the same as yours, actually. Really? Or exactly the same. Uh, yeah, uh, a little bit higher. You just said that, didn't you? You literally just added one on in your head, so <laughs> yours is better. No, mine's yeah. 12 and 3. So, yeah. Mm. It's not what, a competition, no, guys. Okay. Well, do you know what? I'm like Karina and Karina Heights. Is, do I yeah. put them together and make them one, or can I do them separate? Because that's what I was thinking about. No, you know, like, poor Sunnybank Hills has a lot, and also mm. Sunnybank has a lot. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, you know. Well, maybe a lot of people have watched Fast and the Furious. Who knows? <laughs> it could be many reasons. Mm. But the moral of the story, don't, don't. steal cars. Mm-hmm. Stab Abby and Matt for breakfast. B105. As another show draws to a close, Stav, Abby and Matt take a moment to reflect. All right, I don't know if this is, you know, you know I'm stereotyping here okay. about tradies. Mm. But uh, across the road from us, they've built a Metricon, and I say that because I always they say... built a, a transformer? What? A Metricon, like a Metricon to build a home. Oh, okay. It turns into a robot. It's pretty good. Mm. But I only say it because I'm like, Scotty, we should have went through them because we've been building ours for four years and theirs has gone up really quickly. Mm. And I was just saying job well done to a couple of the guys that were leaving mm-hmm. and they wanted to, he's like, oh, I was going to have a chat to your husband this morning, but he was running off, right? Nick, lovely guy. I said, oh, well, you can speak to him. And I put him on speaker for them to chat. And I feel like tradies don't know when to end a conversation. Mm. Like, because it's like, yeah, good. Oh, good. It was well done, mate. Yeah, no, I thought the same, mate. Yeah, mate. Well, like, well done with the house. Yeah, no, well done. I'm like, e- should I step in here? Because you guys just don't know when to end it. They're just two men getting compliments for the first time in yeah, a long they time. Just <laughs> the same thing. It's like they repeat it the whole time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like they repeat it the whole time. <laughs> thanks for nothing. Yeah, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Hard rubbish in Oxley. Ooh, good times. Yeah, it's so it's so great. You just every piece of. Crap in your house that you don't want, you just go and lob it there onto the um, sidewalk. You're like, excellent. But I got a little bit offended because usually when you put stuff out for hard rubbish, it gets picked up. None of my stuff got picked up this time around. You know? And I was a bit like, why are you picking up the stuff that did get picked up from my neighbours? I was like, that's not good stuff. Has it Uh, it gone now? Yeah, well, the truck has come oh, now. I was going to so say, I'd swing past on my way home, make you feel better. To be solid. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's on a drive-through, like you're at a, a dead end, so people don't drive past as much. No, you can drive through. Yeah, the whole, the whole house, the whole, the whole house, the whole street got cleaned <laughs> out. But I don't know why, I just felt a bit offended that, like, my stuff wasn't as good as their stuff. Maybe you should have put a big sign with, like, the brands on, just letting you know. Maybe I should have. <laughs> Open a pop-up store. <laughs> With an honesty box. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> Yesterday, I surprised myself by winning the first ever B105 inaugural kart racing championship. You at were very kart impressive. Raceway. I don't know where it came from. Hey, You're I don't know zone. what happened. I was in the zone. Mm, and like when you drive on the street. I know. Such a been... marked difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um... But afterwards, I was basking in my glory, and uh, it occurred to me, this is, it occurred to me, and I said to the crew, do you know what? I actually think this is my first trophy. And Jess, who works here, said, oh, that's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly bringing me back down to earth. So thanks, but no thanks.
cool. think it is, though. Yeah, but it's all up for here. Like, you can go in the Masters now. Like, you're earning the trophies in your second half of your life. Mm-hmm. You go. Mm. <laughs> the Masters. I didn't miss it. Brisbane wakes up with Staff Abby and Matt on B105.